Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Well, we're back. It's a new week. New problems. <laughs> no, I'm no reason for problems. Where, That's where the hell are we going to start from? And uh, uh, in the studio with us today is Congressman Peter King. How are you, Congressman? So I'm doing great. I get stuck in traffic, but I'm here to be you, the judge, and Rita. What more hey, can I ask for? New problems. It, it could have been worse. You could have been flooded out of your house. Well, I was almost flooded out. Rita just poured soda all over me and tried <laughs> to sit here. And your beloved no, son kissed. It could have been worse because Peter would have to pay the congestion pricing oh, to get in. Right. Judge Richard Weinberg. And Rita Cosby, John Katsimatidis here, and we got one great show for you today. We're starting early because Bo Schnertley is in Europe. He's going to the Greek islands right now. He just texted me. Oh, okay. And uh, he's having a great time. So Rudy Giuliani is doing the show from 4 to 4.30. We're doing it from 4.30 to 5. And I hope Bo does it for us when we go on vacation. By the way, now, is he going to Niseros? Is he going I to a beautiful know. home he, island? He is going, I think he's going to Santorini, Mykonos. Oh, is he, he's missing the best one. He's missing well, Niseros. The only, well, how, John, how many uh, Greek islands are there in the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds? Oh, thousands. Thousands. I remember when we bidded to, to do with, uh, with 9X. You remember that company called 9X? Yes. To do uh, right cellular after, communications. Right after the War of 1812. I remember it well. Absolutely. John, How are, there, you then? are there more Greek islands or Greek diners? Which is the most reason? There's a, there's a diner in every island. <laughs> well, it has been a busy time in the news, John, by the way, uh, and tons going on. Uh, they just came out, by the way, at the White House and said that the cocaine investigation may not get resolved till the end of the month. What a bunch of hogwash. Hey, the dog may die. <laughs> you ever hear that uh, joke? If we you learned keep putting it, from it you. off. You keep putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. Something might make bigger news. The king yeah, may die. The wait, horse, wait, wait, may, wait, the wait, horse may, may die. die. <laughs> that's what they're hoping for. And joining us, God forbid, hey, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> President Biden is in uh, London and with King Charles. He's in Lithuania so, now. Let me ask you: What happens if King Charles dies? Does she become uh, king or queen? Camilla. 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 I think, I think, uh, doesn't William? Isn't I don't know. Doesn't go to William? Yeah. No, it's William, yeah. Not that we care, but no, no. Uh, who knows? Yeah, by the way, the two of them were walking awfully now, slow today I between understand. Charles and Biden. Whoa. I understand we got some breaking news. <laughs> yes, we do. Breaking news. WABC. And joining us now is John Solomon, the founder of Just the News. Uh, John, take it away. There's so much going on and Hunter Biden and much more. Oh, yeah. Uh, some really big developments. Hunter Biden's right hand business partner for a good part of the time that Joe uh, Biden was vice president of the Obama administration, when all those deals with Ukraine, the Russian oligarch, uh, the Chinese deals were beginning to be formed. Devin Archer, he is going to cooperate with Congress. He's going to be interviewed later this month by the House Ways and Means Committee. And he's trying to get a hold of some very important documents that the government took from him uh, during his own prosecution. Devin Archer was convicted of fleecing an Indian tribe um, uh, during the time he was working with Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden wasn't charged in that case. But a lot of the documents the government took from him, he's trying to get a hold of so he can bring them to Congress and really illuminate. This is a major breakthrough for Chairman James Comer. 
a, a Biden insider with the ability to say, this is what Joe Biden did do. This is what Joe Biden did do. This is how Joe Biden benefited or did not benefit. You can't get anyone closer to Hunter and Joe Biden when it came to the foreign business deals than Devin Archer. Really big moment in the uh, in the investigation right now. You know, explain also, by the way, John Solomon, uh, why Devin Archer. This is huge that he's agreeing to testify um, because he was on the Burisma board. Explain sort of the proximity and what he may know. And also, um, he was convicted. So they could use some leverage, Judge. You know that all too well. You can kind of use maybe there's some leverage they can use over him. Your thoughts, John? Yeah, listen, uh, the Congress could very well uh, write a letter saying, hey, he provided tremendous help to us. Consider that in the final sentencing or the time served. Uh, that's something that Congress could do if um, Devin Archer is cooperative and helpful. I've, uh, Devin Archer were to be uh, found to have lied or made a mistake or misinformed Congress, that could come with some additional penalties. So that's uh, something lawyers will always be careful for. His lawyers are very good lawyers. Um, I, listen, uh, he was the first guy to get on the Breesma board in the spring of 2014. And then he is the person who goes and gets the job for Hunter Biden to join the Burisma board. He's very interesting to congressional investigators for this reason. As you know, just a few weeks ago, the FD 1023 form, the FBI informant form, was acknowledged by the FBI to Congress that since 2017, the FBI has known of an allegation that Joe Biden was part of a bribery scheme involving Burisma. Hunter Biden was at the foundation of that uh, uh, relationship. He knows exactly why Burisma hired him and Hunter Biden. He'll know if Joe Biden ever got in any calls or had any <coughs> contact with Burisma officials. He is what they would call a primary fact witness. He is in the know on most of the foundational questions related to Burisma, the early China dealings, and Russia. Those are three places where uh, there'll, there'll be uh, tr- significant questions. There's a document from uh, Devin Archer's uh, a criminal case that I obtained from the FBI a few years back in which Devin Archer told his colleagues that a company that he and Hunter Biden had been involved with had taken $200 million of investment from a Russian oligarch. I know that's one of the big questions that Congress will be asking him in addition to Burisma, but you can't find someone who is more deeply involved in those early overseas business deals with Hunter Biden than Devin Archer. He really is an important fact witness. John, this is Pete King. Just go off topic for a second. Is there any react, a reaction to Sweden uh, being admitted to NATO or the tur- Turkey dropping its opposition? Big moment, obviously. Uh, it took some diplomacy from President Biden to get this done. This morning it looked like it might be in doubt. We don't know what horse trading went on uh, to get that deal, but Turkey has agreed to advance a Sweden's NATO membership. That just happened a few minutes ago. Uh, there's still a couple other holdouts, so there's still some work for the Biden administration. But if Turkey uh, were to get all of the deals it wanted in this. I think uh, getting Sweden into NATO is a big uh, goal for the Biden administration as they try to create a stronger alignment against Russia in uh, in Europe. So uh, a big moment, not the completion of the deal, but some very important progress for President Biden. Today. Thank you, John. John, it's Richard Weinberg. Let me ask you this. What do you make of uh, Secretary of Treasury Yellen's trip to China? Why are they doing this now and uh, – are we going to be taken to the cleaners again by the Chinese? That's a great question. In fact, many members of Congress I was talking today had that question. Not, not all Chinese are dry cleaners, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, we don't want to get into any stereotypes. Uh, but, uh, the Chinese are very good though, at cleaning clocks in the diplomacy world. There's no doubt about that. And they get a lot out of every relationship. They're patient. They're strategic sometimes. Uh, the people they're dealing with are impulsive, and they take advantage of that. 
uh, it's really not clear what uh, Janet Yellen achieved in Congress uh, in China. Obviously, she was able to uh, lower the temperature a little bit. I think the final press conference suggested a little more cordiality than we've seen between the two uh, superpowers over the last a few months. Not a significant amount of concessions or wins for the United States, at least not public. Now, we may find out there are private briefings or uh, classified briefings that come forward. But there's a lot of reason to be worried. There's a, a plenty of track record over the last couple of years where the United States has either looked the other way on China or given some small concession that we didn't know about. And over time, China has made a lot of progress. Um, obviously, Russia's big to that relationship. We'd like China to back away from Russia. Uh, we'll have to see uh, what the fine print is. I think in the in the public print, there wasn't a whole lot of big deals that the United States got. But I think lowering the temperature was probably the victory of the trip. Well, you know what's interesting? One of the victories, uh, boy, uh, she gets the most bowing awards. Did you see how many times she bowed? It was like, yeah. a, I mean, I'm being facetious. It was crazy. Um, yeah, before we let you go, John, I got to ask you about the FBI, uh, because the FBI director, Christopher Ray, is set to testify a matter of days. Uh, this could yeah. be a bombshell. Uh, it comes also as the FBI uh, boy, there's a lot of questions about all the Hunter Biden plea deal and DOJ and also the FBI. We understand the uh, cocaine is being investigated uh, there uh, at the FBI headquarters. So, you know, he's going to be peppered with questions. This is going to be interesting. Yeah, there'll be no shortage of tough questions or tough answers demanded of him. I think a lot of people are going to ask about his use of the FBI for personal his jet for personal travel. I think a lot of lawmakers concerned about that. Uh, since the last time he testified, that bombshell revelation came out of the FISA court that the FBI improperly searched the phone records of 271,000, uh, I'm sorry, 278,000 Americans over a two-year period. Uh, Democrats and Republicans a little unhappy with that revelation because they've been assured many times that the FBI had these issues fixed. Of course, there's going to be reaction to what John Durham said about the FBI and it's still not being on the right course. Uh, and then you have the cocaine and you have the Hunter Biden case. Uh, how could the FBI have known about the 1023 since 2017 and not known if Joe Biden is innocent or guilty? And why are you still investigating it six years later? That's just a few of the thorny questions the director is going to get. And John, Richard Weinberg, again, I have to tell you, I wasn't in Congress. Peter King was, but I would think it is a total waste of time to start talking to Ray about his flights focus on what's really important to the national security of this country and what's really going on in terms of, of the integrity of our government processes. Don't waste your time on that. That's a collateral issue. What do you say? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Listen, that's one of the smallest issues they could talk to them about. There are some people really fried about it in Congress. I don't know why. Maybe we'll learn more. But there are so yeah. many other big issues. Listen, China. Remember, the, Joe Biden took away one of the most important tools from the FBI uh, fighting Chinese espionage. I think there'll be some tough questions on that. How much are we hampered since Joe Biden took that action? The important issue is not about uh, that nonsense. But, uh, I agree. Uh, and, and the important yeah. issue is uh, how far ahead of the curve is China from us? What continuing damage are they doing to us, to our universities, to our borders? To they're, they're, There's a behind-the-scenes – I won't call it a cold war. It's not a cold war. It's an economic war. It's a uh, – but they're, they're just smarter than us lately. 
Well, I, yeah. I have to respectfully dissent from that, John, because uh, I think there I is don't a care. Okay, I, I know you. Ask don't. me if I care. Okay, do you care? <laughs> no. Okay, I care. Because I know what I know. Okay, and, I care. And, 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 and right now, we're, it's a dangerous situation where, where they're, 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 they're taking advantage of us in so many different ways. Well, and also, they're laying off the right off the coast. How about the coast? Well, the listen, spy um, two, two issues. Number one, they're making their play in Cuba, so they're violating the Monroe exactly. Doctrine. Number two, they're responsible for the fentanyl yeah. coming into our country. That's why I think it's hot. Okay. I already said that. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you, John Solomon, and we'll catch up again real soon. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, John Boy. Busy way. And now, and now we have a star, Roger Stone. And Roger Stone, I found out his real Italian name the other day. When oh, he wait said a minute. It. I didn't know. Oh, he's got a real Italian name. Oh, we got to ask and him. And he had a sit down with two other Italians on the show. Uh, and uh, he was in Las Vegas with President uh, Trump. And uh, Roger Stone, tell us about Las Vegas. John, in every regard, first of all, it was 100 plus degrees. But secondarily, uh, Donald Trump was really at the top of his game. Uh, we did a, a, an event there for his reelection, a volunteer recruitment event. There were the venue took 3000 people there. And I'm not these are not Trumpian numbers. This is my estimate. There were another 2000 people outside who couldn't get in. And it was 100 degree weather. Uh, he was really, really in top form. He really frontally on the Chinese, uh, you know, regarding the spy station in Cuba which is, I think we all understand, just precursor to the weapons they're going to mount in Cuba, uh, aimed at this country, uh, hitting them very hard on uh, on the need for tariffs uh, once again, uh, just really uh, in top, top form. Uh, and then we went to the UFC fight, which is so brutal that even I had to look away, and I consider myself a pretty tough guy, but, man, it, it is extraordinarily uh, brutal. So uh, it was it was a great trip. MSNBC is completely flipping out about it. They had a hit piece on me minutes ago. Uh, Roger Stone convicted felon. I would say unjustly convicted felon, pardoned felon, uh, traveling with the president of the United States. He doesn't care. Hey, hey, Roger, care. Roger, Roger, this is Pete King. As you're speaking, I'm looking up at MSNBC and they're talking about you. I always knew you were a villain, Roger, going back 40 years ago. So. It's the suits, Pete. It's just the suits. <laughs> <laughs> it's a... Uh, Roger, it's Judge Richard Weinberg. I just want the record to be clear on this. I read your blog on fashion. Nobody's better than you are. I want everybody to know that. Well, that's that's very kind. I have a piece up right now how every man can dress well without breaking the budget. So you don't have to be wealthy to dress well if you know what you're doing. Uh, it's up there at stonezone.com. People can check it out. It's absolutely free. Go check it out. If you're particularly for young men, they need to know. You know, how to look right for business. Or, or Tell us what the president spoke about in Las Vegas. Yeah, by the way, he took the gloves off. I mean, he really came out swinging, Roger. Uh, he really went after Biden. He's absolutely right. I mean, Richard Nixon is rolling in his graves. Uh, this, this Joe Biden is epically corrupt. He has accepted millions of dollars. At least there's, I think, more than credible evidence that he has accepted millions of dollars from China, from Russia, from Ukraine, from various U.S. entities. It all leads to the president. Sadly, it's it doesn't end or stop with Hunter. Uh, and uh, there's a willful effort, I think, in the media to not report this. But at the end of the day, I believe we are moving inexorably towards articles of impeachment. And that would lead to a trial 
two-thirds is a very high bar, but on the other hand, what will the American people learn during that trial in the Senate? I think they will learn a lot that is being suppressed today. Nobody's done a better job of bringing this information forward than your previous guest, John Solomon, by the way. Love it when you have him on. Guy always has hard-hitting information, and he is scrupulously accurate. He's a great, great reporter. You know, let me ask you also, Roger, um, and it's great to have you here. We love you, Roger. I saw some pictures, too, of you online. It was you, Trump, and Mel Gibson, uh, who was also there. And then, of course, Dana White with the UFC. You had all that group. Um, what's the mood of the president, too? I mean, some of the latest polls, quite frankly, he has been doing really well. I mean, it looks like DeSantis is dropping and Trump is going up every time he gets some indictment. I mean, uh, I think, Rita, I think that's absolutely accurate. I mean, uh, first of all, I just I'm 70 years old. I don't know how at 77 the man's energy level is extraordinary. So uh, when we were when we got to Las Vegas, which was actually Friday night after doing a full event in Iowa and doing a press event in Iowa, uh, he didn't have one dinner. He had three dinners. He went to three separate private dinners potential donors, one for political leaders, uh, and then one put together for him by Dana White so he could meet some of the people who were prominent, you know, in the league. I don't know where he gets the energy. I really don't. And he's still texting you, you know, 1 a.m. Uh, he's he's just got an extraordinarily good, extraordinary amount of energy. And his mood, for a guy who's under the kind of daily attack that he's under, his mood is really good. He's very up to, upbeat. He's very confident. He's fun to be with. It's fun to be on the Trump entourage. And of course, you eat and drink extremely well, as you might imagine. You know, um, the debate, the first debate is 44 days away, um, August 23rd, as you know, in Minneapolis. Um, when John was, uh, when uh, President Trump was talking with John and myself here on Katz and Cosby, Roger Stone, he said, you know, he's not sure if he's going to debate um, because if he's so far ahead and it looks like he's even widened the gap that he may not need to. Um, what what would you what do you think, Roger? What's your gut? Do you think he's going to be in that first debate or not? Or what do you think he should or shouldn't do? Well, I told him the historical story of Richard M. Nixon, who told Dwight Eisenhower, Tom Dewey, his own campaign manager, Len Hall, who was from Long Island, that there was no way he was going to debate. Kennedy was less well known. He could only lose by debating. The next day they picked up the newspaper and Nixon had agreed to four debates. And you know how that turned out. When you're 50 points ahead, when you have 100% name ID, when everyone knows uh, who you are, particularly when it's Fox who are now openly hostile, uh, you saw that in the Brett Baer uh, uh, interview, I made the case of the president, who I think is still undecided, but I think leaning against, that uh, he has everything to lose and nothing whatsoever to gain. Now, will he ultimately debate? He may. But I think he's less likely to debate on Fox than debate any place because, you know, the Fox properties uh, are openly hostile, hostile to him. So your gut is now, by the way, what do you think the other guys are going to do? They're going to like remember the Clint Eastwood uh, moment at the RNC where they uh, like he well, talked to an empty, empty chair. chair. Is empty that chair. what they're going to try to what does that do to the other candidates, Roger, as such a savvy political expert? Well, here's the problem. Donald Trump is so incredibly popular in the Republican Party. And his level of support is so intense beyond even what we saw with the great Ronald Reagan that attacking him is is counterproductive. You notice Vivek Ramswamy, who I know you've had on, he was very smart to go to Miami in the morning of Trump's arraignment and hold a press conference defending Donald Trump. 
this this guy knows where the heart and soul of the grassroots Republican Party is. Uh, so you run an enormous risk to go to that debate and attack Donald Trump. There's only one guy I think is going to do that. But the problem with that is I think Governor DeSantis is going to find out that everyone is attacking him because generally speaking, you attack the guy ahead of you, not the guy behind you. Yep. Uh, and uh, he's the guy to beat to, to be in second. And right now, Chris Christie, of all people, uh, you know, is uh, moving up on him. Now, I think Chris Christie should run, not for president. I think he should just run. <laughs> Ouch! Ouch! Roger Stone, thanks for coming on, and uh, you're on every Saturday, and uh, look forward to your next show. Maybe we'll talk during the week, uh, every Sunday. Yeah, every Sunday. Thank you so every much, Sunday. and uh, God bless you, and God bless America. Many thanks, John. All right, we're going to take Roger. a break right now. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, what's going on in the streets of New York? Curtis Lewa, he's uh, mad, and uh, stay tuned. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. We're back. And this is John Katz and And who is better to tell us what's going on in the streets of New York than Curtis Sliwa? He knows where every street is, knows where every subway is. Every gang member. Every gang member. <laughs> Curtis. I mean, you know, I, I spoke to the governor yesterday. Yes. And I was very nice, and I said uh, she thought the crime was better, and I said I think some of the people around you are not telling you 100% truth. Oh, absolutely. And, when uh, uh, Tell me, what the hell is going on in the streets in New York, the subways? I still think people are afraid to ride the subway. Oh, absolutely. Look, uh, the governor definitely has wrong advice. She was suggesting that you are safer in New York City than in Salt Lake City. And I was saying, well, maybe the Mormon, Mormon Tabernacle Choir has become a gang, you know, led by uh, Marie and Donny Osmond. Uh, uh, what and has Romney too? Is exactly. Right? What happens every day here, especially in Manhattan? You see the shoplifters going in and out. You see packages being stolen all over the place from FedEx, from Amazon, and now I even on the corner where we broadcast from, it was a guy who took Trank this morning. He had the sores all over his body. It was 9.30 in the morning. He was laid out on the sidewalk. And so this is the new drug of choice that the addicts want. They want the trank, which is nothing more than horse tranquilizer. Explain what it does, because that's really, horse seri- tranquilizer, this horse is really people, serious stuff. These guys, it's got to be mentally ill. You put horse tranquilizer into your system? It's, but really it's a longer dangerous. high. You, you're, you're high for about 12 hours. Uh, it's much cheaper. Uh, Is but that the high before you die? Uh, pretty much, because it's like Ebola flesh-eating virus. Yes. Uh, all of a sudden, it starts eating your flesh. And now, our city, through the Department of Health, is saying to the addicts, if you come to the injection centers, because we have two, right. Adams wants to add four more, which would make six, we will inject you with the trank. Now, how crazy well, is this? This well, is it, really crazy. It fits the same thing with the crack pipes and the, you know, and the, what about the, you know, what was so scary, um, Curtis this weekend? This guy who is on the scooter and he's driving around randomly shooting in Queens and Brooklyn kills the guy, uh, the guy who was from Yemen, uh, the 87 year old guy, but just randomly firing. That is so, I think it's everybody's it's worst urban, nightmare. It's the urban nightmare. It's so frightening, Curtis. Phyllis and another that. emotionally disturbed person, uh, he's quoted as saying he thought the red Chinese and the Russians. Yes were coming after him. So he's shooting randomly at people. Uh, and apparently he was part of a normal scooter gang in that area of East New York and Jamaica. 
So he has been terrorizing people for a long time, but never with a gun. It's the first time they saw him with a gun, and he decided to go out and start just randomly shooting people. And smiling. After he got arrested, you know what made me so sick, you guys? He's arrested, and he's sitting there smiling, laughing. Like It just shows how nuts these people are and how dangerous it is. There was a dead body floating in uh, Central Park. Central Park, yeah. also uh, in the East River. But uh, more importantly, most of these crimes, if you notice, Ultimately, it's determined to be by emotionally disturbed persons. Yeah, there's more of them. Though. We're seeing more of these weird crimes than we saw before. Throwing people on the subway tracks. Again, there's crazy drugs. Guy on a, on a scooter going around shooting people. I mean, I, I, you know, that I never people heard of. People are scared. You know, in San Francisco, I was reading the new statistics. They're down to 31% of the tolls they used to collect. That's what they're collecting on, Over uh, the, bridge. on the bridges. Over the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, and that was Chicago. Listed. They, they, they're killing more black kids than ever before. Well, the governor was telling us that everybody in New Jersey, when she was talking with you yesterday, John, should be grateful for congestion pricing because it will relieve the congestion in Manhattan. I'm saying to myself, you don't understand. The congestion is all the illegals coming in on the buses, right. now getting off at the Port Authority. They're not even busing them across town. They're making them walk to the Roosevelt Hotel for accommodations. She is just clueless. Curtis, is it true that uh, Mayor Adams was canonized by Reverend A.R. Bernard? Yes. Uh, he was at the uh, church, Reverend A.R. Bernard's <laughs> mega church, and once again he was talking about how God is talking to him, and he is on a path that God has deemed. We should all be lucky that he's our mayor now. <laughs> now, I understand that <laughs> you, you Peter King, you that. finally <laughs> decided to get off the uh, Eric Adams train. Is that correct? I am off it right now. Hopefully he'll straighten himself out. But if not, I hate to say, to leave the Adams train for the Curtis Leewood train. I don't know. I think I'm on the wrong track. Man. Oh, the problem out. is the cops are getting on the train out of town. More of them are retiring early. Yeah. More of them are heading out. We're losing experienced police officers. So we're going to have big trouble next year. In fact, you, Judge, uh, had an expert on who said next year the fiscal bottom falls out That's for nice. the state and the city, and there's not going to be any money. And guess what? The cops don't even want to protect the migrants. They're bringing in private security. It's Arms, that bad. Private security because uh, they recognize, wow, there are a lot of gangbangers in this, man. As uh, President Trump said, with you out in Central Iceland with MS-13, a lot of bad hombres. Thanks for the fill-in. I mean, it's just crazy out there in the streets. And, and uh, we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back at uh, 5.05, our regular time for the Cats and Cosby Show with Bill O'Reilly. Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Well, reporting here from the Daily Planet building, and uh, this is the regular Cats and Cosby show that we're starting at, at 5 o'clock as usual. We were doing an extra half hour uh, covering uh, Bo Schnedley. Why? He's in the Greek islands. Well, everything is, is beautiful in Greece. You know that all too well. He's in uh, going to Mykonos, going to Santorini. I don't know where he's going, but he's having a good time, and the sun is shining. And uh, in the studio with us, we have... Uh, uh, Judge Richard Weinberg, Congressman Peter King, 
who promises no congestion high pricing on King's uh, Highway. That, that's, and, that's my commitment to you, John. Okay, you got it. <laughs> Just uh, to John. <laughs> and uh, we have uh, our number one guest today, and uh, Rita? Yeah, we definitely do. Uh, the mega best-selling author, Bill O'Reilly. Of course, he hosts Common Sense with Bill O'Reilly every weeknight on WABC Radio, 9 to 10 p.m. Um, Bill? Uh, you got a lot I know you want to talk about. Um, first off, uh, let's start with Biden. Uh, lots on there. Yeah, we've been investigating because somebody asked to uh, the Biden family finance situation. We came up with some interesting things. Uh, I'll run them down quickly. But if you really want a more depth thing, uh, I wrote a column yesterday uh, on BillOReilly.com and you can read it. And that everything that we found out is bullet pointed on the column. But, but you're going to be on it's... 9 o'clock tonight on WABC Radio and WABC uh, uh, Radio.com, 770 on your dial, and BillOReilly.com. Yeah, and I got Senator Ron Johnson, who is the uh, ranking member on the Senate Intel Committee. Um, and he's furious because the Senate is blocking any kind of investigation into the Biden family finances. And the uh, corporate media is as well. It was an interview last week on NBC News, did not ask one question about Hunter Biden or the congressional committees. Over the weekend on CNN, Zachariah interviewed Biden, not one question about Hunter, which tells me the White House says you can't ask or we won't deliver President Biden in an interview forum. I think that's what's happening there. But getting back to the situation um, you now have established that the Biden family reaped uh, about $20 million that we know of from four foreign entities. This is not an opinion. All right. This has been traced to bank records. The four are Romania, Ukraine, China and Russia. So when you have $20 million flowing into a family, an American family, the logical question is why? What is that family doing for people paying this extraordinarily high amount of money? There is no answer to that question because the Biden family really didn't do anything that we can see. Now, the federal government got involved because it had to, because Hunter Biden foolishly left his laptop at a pawn store and the laptop went public with all his business dealings. And then a trace by the IRS found out he didn't pay any taxes on this stuff. So they had to get involved. So I'm just doing this primer so people listening to WABC now know this is not a partisan analysis. This is fact-based. So it takes five years, which is incredible. And uh, Hunter Biden finally is charged and pleads out to insignificant charges. Now, whistleblowers come forward, IRS whistleblowers and an FBI whistleblower. And they say that Hunter Biden was protected by the Justice Department, which he was. Now, the one big thing I found out last week, and this is very disturbing to me as an American, the lead U.S. attorney on the investigation is a man named David Weiss in Delaware. He asked two other U.S. attorneys to help him, a man named Matthew Graves in Washington, D.C., 
and another U.S. attorney in California, Martin Estrada. The reason why he asked for help was that Hunter Biden allegedly received money in both of those places from foreign nationals. Both Graves and Estrada turned down whites, told a fellow U.S. attorney they would not cooperate with him. That's unheard of. And the judge and, and Congressman King can, can assert that. It is unheard of. Not only that, but the Attorney General of the United States, Merrick Garland, could have ordered those two men to cooperate with Weiss because he's their boss. He did not. Here's the kicker. Matthew Graves, the U.S. Attorney in Washington, D.C., who turned down Weiss for any help. His wife is Fatima Graves. She has visited the White House 28 times since Biden has been in office. 28 times. There's no reason for her to make those visits. None. She's a radical leftist, a big Kamala Harris supporter. 28 times. So the speculation, and I'm departing from fact-based now, is that she is a conduit between Merrick Garland and the White House. Because Merrick Garland works in the same building as her husband, Matthew Graves. They never put anything in writing. They couldn't do that. They can't do it on the phone. All tapes, All calls are taped into the White House and out of the White House. So they need a human being to run messaging back and forth. Again, speculation. Now, I said to the three committees in the House today investigating Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, you got to call this woman, Fatima Graves, in. Under oath. Under oath. Yeah. And find out why she's in the White House 28 times. So. I'm investigating because nobody else is, and I'm proud to be on WABC to be able to tell people about it. Wow. Well, that's a blockbuster, Bill, by the way, because uh, I hadn't heard that about the wife. Um, nobody heard it. No, yeah. I didn't. Bill, it's Richard Weinberg. I didn't know about it until I read your column, and yeah. it's very troubling. It's what uh, the lawyers would call good circumstantial evidence. And inferences can be reasonably drawn about what was going on. So your point is very well taken. And uh, Yeah, and if, if Comer and Jordan and the Ways and Com- Means Committee subpoena her to come in, she's got to come in. And to the, the question is, what are we doing there 28 times? I'd also bring then, in, by the way, the U.S. Attorney for District of Columbia. I bring in the U.S. Attorney for that district in, in California and ask them why they turned down the request yeah. and who do they talk to. And they do it individually? Here's the the kicker in the Justice Department. Merrick Garland falsely says that um, Weiss had full power in this case and that Merrick Garland didn't interfere. Why not? Why didn't you interfere? Why wouldn't you order two U.S. attorneys to cooperate with another U.S. attorney? You could have. Or he could appoint him as a special counsel, too. You know, I don't even know. I don't even need at this point. Special counsels take eighteen years to do anything. You don't even need that now. But he did nothing. But your point's well taken. He did nothing. Right. 
the story's advanced so much. We know $20 million is in play. They know that from banking records that have been uncovered by subpoena. A lot of this money was parked in Malta. And if you know anything about the world, organized crime com- controls a lot of Maltese banks. So this isn't conjecture anymore. But what you have is the Justice Department stonewalling. You have a Democratic Senate, and Johnson admitted today that Richard Blumenthal, the senator from Connecticut, who's the chair of the Investigations <clears throat> Committee in the Senate, will not even look at this case. Will not even look at it. it, it and then became... you have the media, the corrupt corporate media, which will not even mention Bill, the facts you are laying out are really overwhelming, and this whole thing is shameful. I just hope that enough keeps coming out, that Congress takes advantage of the facts that you found, and you know, let the American people know about this. I think a lot of times they get confused, all this blurs together. The fact is, these are damning. I mean, if someone took a gold watch, if somebody took a free trip somewhere, it becomes you know, grounds for scandal. Here we're talking about $20 billion from foreign countries, all of whom are enemies. Million, yeah. Million. Yeah, and and we're talking about what we're doing to our country, Uh, the favors we're doing all over the world that we don't know why we're doing them sometimes. Uh, Well, if you're doing 20 20 million and you're getting it from China and Russia, I mean, right away you can see what. Well, and one of the things that Comer said to us when he was here in studio, guys, is he was saying that there are four or five direct policy decisions that he plans to point to from what happened right after the money was given. So, I mean, that's pretty compelling if he can if he can lay that out. And it shows you how important it is that you don't have all the bodies in Congress, the House and the Senate controlled by one party, because this never would have come out. But for here's what bothers me the most about this. We've reached a point in the United States of America now where a common sense citizen cannot trust the federal government. That's a pretty dark place to be. That's where we are. Boy, it sure is. And Bill O'Reilly, you know, um, later this week, Christopher Ray. Uh, the FBI director is set to testify under oath. Uh, what do you yeah, think? Wednesday, yeah. 10 a.m. And you know what he'll say? I can't comment. It's under investigation. Exactly. Yeah. Bill O'Reilly, what right. are you going to talk about tonight at uh, 9 o'clock on your show? Well, Johnson's the lead. Uh, then we're going to get into um, the uh, Ukraine situation where the Biden administration is doing something right and something wrong. And he's over in Lithuania right now. Um, basically, in a nutshell, degrading of Putin is good. And Putin has been diminished in a big way. That's good. Cluster bombs to Ukraine, not good. And I'll explain it tonight on Common Sense. I'll be listening at 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock on, on 770 on your <clears throat> dial, wabcradio.com worldwide in 185 countries. Uh, BillOReilly.com or uh, on your iPhone at 77WABC. Thank you, Bill O'Reilly, and uh, listen okay, to you later. It. Take care. Me in. Bye. Thanks, Let, let's take a break right now, and we come back. Uh, Frank Morano at one thirty in the morning did a interview with Robert F. Kennedy, and uh, we're going to come right back right after this break. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. 
Well, Rita, we're back. Yeah, and, we uh, are back. Uh, congressman and uh, judge. I mean, I'll tell you, there's so many things going on in this country. You know, all we want is the truth. That's all. And Absolutely. And, and that's all everybody wants. And by the way, uh, John, uh, President Biden today was over there in England and it was like, uh, I don't know who was like more disconnected, him or King Charles. I had, I, had, oh. I had dinner with Dr. Mark Siegel on Saturday night, and he was very upset. About? Kurt, uh, Sid didn't put his picture in the uh, New York Post today. Oh, oh, we got to wow. talk to him about that. That is that is a crime. Speaking Mark Siegel of crime. is one great guy. I yeah, say. He, he is one he good is. guy. Yeah. And between, listen, I was sitting there in case I dropped dead. I had Dr. Siegel there and I had Dr. Michalos there. Well, you're all covered then. You're you are definitely covered. all covered. <laughs> uh, by the way, um, some big new poll numbers um, that just came out um, showing Joe Biden has 64% of the vote. This one uh, saying now that. Uh, 64%. 64%. These are among Democratic primary. Oh, okay. Robert Kennedy gets 17%. And Marion Williamson is getting 10. But Who's the numbers are... I don't believe it. I think Robert Kennedy is much higher. Well, he was higher. This is a new Fox News one. They say one, he's dropping. They well, say he's dropping. Well, no. And this one, he's about the same. But other ones, he was a 20%. This one's he's well, about the same. Well, last night, one thirty in the morning, Frank Morano interviewed Robert F. Kennedy. And it was a very good interview. And... Uh, uh, we have it for you now for our audience. And again, he talks about his, uh, father he thinks was murdered by, uh, a three-letter word in, uh, yeah. in our government. Yeah, certain forces, certain forces. Yeah, and uh, also talks go, about his dad, his to, uh, uncle too. Let's go to Frank Morano's interview with Robert Kennedy. It lasts about six, seven minutes. President Biden tried to, I think, kind of slip under the radar Friday before Independence Day weekend and sort of issue this executive order announcing that the federal government was done complying with the John F. Kennedy Assassination Records Act and that essentially there'd be no more documents released related to the John F. Kennedy assassination. And 99% of the material that could be released has already been released. Anything that's not been released, we're not going to release because of security concerns. You were pretty critical of President Biden for his handling of this. How come? Well, you know, they say 99%, but that's 99% of, uh, of 4 million documents, and that's a big number. <laughs> so, you know, 1% of 4 million is a big number, and that's the 1% that they don't want released. So we know that they have at least 4,000 documents that they don't want people to see. It's the most important crime in American history. Many historians and scholars see it as a coup d'etat against American democracy from which our country has never recovered. And it's the, the beginning of recovery is actually truth and reconciliation. Let's find out what really happened. Why is the CIA blocking president after president? Why do they feel they still need to conceal from the American public what happened? It doesn't make any sense. And, you know, the last tranche of documents we we got from them during the Trump administration was the first time that they openly admitted that Lee Harvey Oswald was a CIA asset. You know, mm. if, the, if the Warren Commission had known that, if the public had known that at that time, do you think? that the Warren Commission would have would have insisted that, that Lee Harvey Oswald was a lone gunman who acted without help or support. The CIA was lying to them. 
There are so many different theories about the assassination of both your father and your uncle, many of which involve the CIA, many of which involve the mob, some of which involve elements of the CIA working with the mob. Who do you believe is most likely responsible for your father's assassination and your uncle's? Well, let's take one at a time. My uncle's assassination, first of all, at that time, the there was really no daylight between the mafia and the CIA. The CIA had recruited Sam Giancana, uh, Santos Traficante, and Carlos Marcello, who were the three big bosses of Chicago, uh, North Florida, and, uh, and New Orleans, Dallas. And the CIA had brought them in and was training them. They were training Cubans, along, sharpshooters along with them. And there is so much evidence now, including multiple confessions from the people who were involved in my uncle's assassination and thousands of documents that that form a bulwark that of beyond a reasonable doubt the CIA was involved not only in the murder, but in the um, in the 60 year cover up when the House assassination and the Senate assassination committees investigated reinvestigated the crime with many, many more documents than the Warren Commission had access to and testimony the Warren Commission never saw. They found in 1975, they found that there was a conspiracy and almost virtually everybody on the committee believes that the CIA was involved. In fact, Senator Schweitzer, who was the original chair of the Senate committee, said this is specifically, quote, the CIA was involved in the murder of the president of the United States. So, you know, this is not a sort of marginalized or fringe conspiracy theory that has no evidence. This is the uh, this, this supposition that, you know, after the best investigators in the country have looked at this, in my father's assassination, which I believe was done by Sir Answer in my entire life, until Paul Schrade, who is one of the people who was shot that night, a very close friend of my father, forced me to sit down and read Thomas Noguchi's autopsy report. And it's clear that Sirhan, although Sirhan shot at my father twice, and then and we know what happened to both those bullets. One hit Paul Schrade, one hit the door jam behind him, which was later removed by the LAPD. And he was then grabbed by five men and over his steam table, including Rayford Johnson, I've talked to all of these men, and they could not get the gun away from him. They said he had superhuman strength. He emptied the chamber of six other bullets, all of which hit people. So we know what happened to every bullet in his gun. My father was shot not in front. See, I, I, mm-hmm. Sirhan was in front the whole time. My father was shot from behind. We know the person who was holding that gun was almost certainly Eugene Dane Caesar, who was a CIA asset who worked for Lockheed Corporation and was acting that night as a security guard. And he was the one who steered my father into the ambush with wow. Sirhan. CIA involvement in my father's assassination is circumstantial evidence. It does not have the overwhelming amount of documentation. And so needless to say, if you're president, you would reopen this investigation, maybe the investigation into both assassinations. Well, you know, I would I need to look at it, but I would ha- I think it's, it's important 
to have a Truth and Reconciliation Committee for this and maybe some other incidents in American history that are that people have questions about. Sure. And to have a really open discussion, have, you know, provide amnesty to people who are involved to incentivize people to talk openly about the, the continuing the lies is poisonous to our country. It's like you know, our whole country swallowed poison and we need to disgorge it. And the way to do that is by being, um, you know, is by being honest finally. Wow, that was interesting, John. Yep. Really, that was really interesting, and I really believe he uh, that he's trying. He, look, I can feel the sadness in his uh, heart, and he, I don't know how how old was he, Peter? Peter, when he lost his father, about seven, eight years old, probably. Yeah, I'd say he's oh, he's, he's seventy years old now, <clears throat> so he would have been about about thirteen. Yeah, and. Um, I wish someday we'll find out the real truth, what really happened. I like the idea. He said, I think the same people that killed John F. Kennedy, killed Robert F. Kennedy, and, and killed Martin Luther King. See, I don't think we should make the allegations against our government unless there's some proof. Because if the CIA did it, that means, uh, Donald Trump covered it up because he was asked by Mike Pompeo, who also then covered it up. Do we really believe they would have covered up if there was information? Trump hated the CIA. If there was anything there at all that would have shown the CIA complicit, I'm sure he'd have released it. No, the, the reason he covered it, he didn't cover it up. The reason he didn't disclose is one of the people was still alive. Yeah, so, and then he said that that person, well, wait, if, 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 person right. That person was still alive and he well, wants to let well, him off the well, hook. Here, that person he, was still alive. And here's, so, what, he, here's what he just said, you guys, a reason, couple yeah. days ago. He said that he will fully declassify all the JFK-related assassination okay, why docs. Do he in office? If he's, to what John just said. John so, just said he said there was somebody who was still, still alive. alive. Okay, when and did, when we're off the air, I'll tell you who. Okay, when did that ever stop Trump before? And that means also Teddy Kennedy never said anything, Joe Kennedy Jr., Joe Kennedy the third and Patrick, they were all members of Congress. All of them had access and none of them ever said the CIA was involved. Well, what they I, didn't what have I, access. What, Only your presidents have access. What well, I how like, does he get access? Robert Kennedy Jr. How does he, he get doesn't, access? He doesn't. He's just speculating. Well, he shouldn't speculate against his own government unless he has more proof than that. Well, here's, here's where I, here's where I go. He says he wants a truth and reconciliation commission. Uh, he's claiming if he gets elected. I think there should be one regardless. Let's see where the facts go. Why not? What okay, are we afraid of? Until the facts come out, don't make the allegation. He well, says he knows the CIA was involved. I just can't I, I, I agree with uh, Congressman King. You don't make allegations like that unless you can substantiate them. But I also agree with Rita. I think we do need well, a reopening you, you have of, choices. Of this. You have choices. Either there was somebody within the government involved. In, and you say that why would the CIA do it? Uh, the, the justification would be that that uh, Kennedy was going to give missiles up that the ones that they had in Turkey, uh, and they thought uh, it, it Dulles thought it would it would uh, hurt the United States of America against Russia. Yeah, but Dulles, I mean, Dulles yeah, was but, out of but, office then. Captain, you know, you know history better than I do. Yeah, but we can always say anyone was involved. The fact no, is, no, I think it could have been, could have been the mafia that uh, right. that his father double crossed. Right. It could have been a, a, a government uh, that they thought he was. They, they were too. He was too soft on on Russia. It could have been Castro. It could have been Fidel Castro. Because there were contracts against Castro. If you ask me, on a scale of one to a hundred. Ninety nine point nine percent. It wasn't Lee Harvey Oswald. I'm sure he was involved one way or the other, Lee Harvey Oswald. But uh, my point is, in ninety nine point nine percent, I don't think it was Sudan. uh, Sirhan, Sirhan, Sirhan. Okay. I'm saying if the CIA were anyway involved, that means every CIA director since then, including those under Reagan, Nixon, 
Bush one, Bush two, and uh, we got to take another and Donald break. Trump we know covered it up. I, I, I want to find out who died recently. That's what yes, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the break. Let's go to the break. Let's go to the break. <laughs> know, let's go to break. Let's go to break. And when we come back, the sharks. Where's the shark music? I, yeah, we know. need some Sharknado or Jaws. Where's the shark music? That's not for the break. When we I come think. back, uh, there's a lot of problems in Long Island with sharks, and uh, we have uh, uh, Commissioner Rodney. Uh, Harrison of uh, guy. Uh, guy. Suffolk County he used to be with the NYPD. Yeah, awesome. And they got drones out there now watching uh, for for the sharks. Let's take a break and we'll come back and make sure you have that shark music. You're commuting home with Cats and Cosby. Now here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. That sounds like shark music there, John. I think that's shark music. Oh, we should have brought Anthony Weiner here. The Sharknado 2. Three. The, the, the shark. Sharknado shark 2. Two or the three. shark refused to eat Anthony Weiner. See, there you go. That's how you know you're a survivor. Well, joining us now to talk about all the shark attacks and what they're doing with some high technology is the commissioner of Suffolk County, also long time there in leadership at the NYPD. He was chief of department, uh, Commissioner Rodney Harrison. Thank you for joining us here on Cats and Cosby and just an honor to have you here, sir. How bad, by the way, are the shark attacks and that you got to use drones? Yeah, uh, you know, thanks so much for having me, first and foremost. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not as bad as it sounds, but uh, unfortunately, uh, anytime you do have uh, shark bites and people being uh, bitten by these sharks, uh, especially during the July 4th holiday uh, week, it, it's concerning. You know, last year we had eight, eight bites. This year we already had five. So uh, this is something now that uh, within law enforcement we have to uh, start prioritizing and making sure we give the appropriate resources to our different uh, units that uh, cover the waterways, like our Marine Bureau, and as well as uh, other law enforcement agencies that we're working with, the Coast Guard, uh, the Fire Department, and, uh, of course, the uh, the lifeguards that do such a great job protecting uh, any of the swimmers that uh, go into our, our waterways. To be sure, how, how did the drones work? Tell us how this is wild. Yeah, well, I don't know exactly how it works. I don't know the, the science behind it, but the way we're utilizing them is uh, we'll put the drones on the, uh, on the boats and we'll have them uh, scan the, the different waterways, uh, either the Long Island Sound or the Great, Great South Bay, and uh, we'll put them over the waters. And if we see any of these sharks around uh, chasing some of these bunker fish, we'll uh, do whatever we need to do to, say, get them uh, in a different direction or make sure people leave the water at that time frame until the sharks leave. So that's where the drones are going to be very helpful. But we're also using our aviation planes to do routine patrols over those same waterways to uh, see if we see any sharks out there as well. Once again, is this, once again, this is a new thing uh, that we have to deal with out here in Suffolk, but we're, we're, uh, we're prepared for it. And you have communications, I guess, with the beaches and, and, and the lifeguards. So if you do see uh, uh, sharks around, if the drones see sharks around, you warn the lifeguards and the, the beaches? That's exactly what happens, John. Uh, we, we see something, we notify the lifeguards or the other authorities, and we just ask people to uh, come out the water. And if it happens to be for uh, half an hour, then it's so be it. If it happens to be longer than that, 
then we'll, we'll do as such. But uh, once again, he's using the technology, using our aviation, using uh, whatever uh, patrol efforts we can to protect people. We'll do as such. Now, uh, you were with the NYPD for so many years, 20, over 20 years, however, and uh, uh, you're now the commissioner in uh, in Suffolk County. Are you hiring? I mean, there's a mass exodus of NYPD uh, 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 officers that uh, that are, you know, worried. And um, are you guys hiring them in Suffolk County? Yeah, yeah, you know, John, I did uh, a great 30 years in the NYPD, and that was a great experience. I, I will say this, we didn't have any shock concerns in the NYPD when I was out there. Uh, but, uh, Not that but, you know uh, of, right? Yeah, that's that right, that I know of, that's right, that's right. But uh, but we, but I, I will say this, uh, we do see uh, officers uh, from uh, the NYPD and other agencies uh, applying for the Suffolk County Police Department, and uh and eventually going to our academy. So, uh, you know, it's um, the NYPD is a, is a great police department. I tell people all the time, the NYPD made me the man who I am today. Uh, but, you know, Suffolk County, this is a, a phenomenal, phenomenal police department. We do have our issues, and we have crime that we have to address. And if the NYPD officers want to come out to Suffolk County, we'll take them in, we'll take them in a heartbeat. So uh, somebody uh, that's looking to come and join this department, be it from NYPD or anywhere else, and you got the qualifications, we want you. Congressman King, your your dad was a NYPD officer. Right, for over 30 years, and uh, he was always proud of his uh, association with the NYPD. But let me just say that Commissioner Harrison did a great job with the NYPD. Everybody in Long Island, Nassau, and Suffolk will tell you he's doing a terrific job in Suffolk County. So, Commissioner, it's really a tremendous asset, you know, knowing that you're there. And I want to thank you for the great job you've done, really uh, outstanding. Congressman, thank you so much for those kind words. Uh, you know, I, I, the one thing I never want to do is spike the ball in the end zone. Uh, we still have a lot more work to do, and uh, and uh, working with the great men and women of this police department, we're getting the job done. How does it look with MS-13? Are they making any resurgence? Are they still sort of under control? I know they're there, but they've been kept down for a while. Are they still under control, do you think? So my predecessor, Tim Seney, did a phenomenal job, uh, really uh, knocking that, that gang out, and uh, we really haven't seen... Uh, any concerns with the MS-13 at this time doesn't mean that they're not trying to uh, recruit and, and uh, get back on the on the uh, on a crime wave again. Uh, but I, I will say we do have some some areas of concerns of of Bloods and Crip gang members out here that we need to address. And working with Ray Tierney and uh, uh, he has a a great leader on his team and Rich Zacharis that also is from the NYPD. Uh, working together, we've done a couple of great gang takedowns to really. Um, uh, bring some of those gang members uh, uh, to justice and hold them accountable for some of the crimes that they were committing. Commissioner Rodney Harrison, thank you for everything you do for all New Yorkers, including the New York City ones like me that live in uh, Suffolk County during the weekend. And uh, thank you for a great job at the NYPD for 30 years, and thank you for what you're doing for Suffolk County. And we'll catch up with you again real soon. John, thanks for having me on the show. God bless everybody. God bless. Thank you. And uh, next uh, we have... Uh, you Do interviewed Dr. Mihalos. Dr. You Peter with him. Mihalos, uh, and he's got a couple new revelations. Let's go to uh, Dr. Mihalos. With us today is Dr. Peter Mihalos, and he's our in-house <laughs> genius as far as historian, medical expert, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And today he's got something new. Uh, Dr. Mihalos, what do we have today? Well, what we're going to talk about today is a real problem 
that's really a national security issue. It's our supply chain issue and how it relates to what's happening, for example, with this new push for these lithium ion phosphate batteries that they're saying are much safer and uh, supposedly less issue with fires. The problem is they're not as efficient and they don't really work well in cold weather in the winter and they don't really work well when it's very hot outside. The problem is that nobody anticipated that our grid cannot handle the current demand that's happening with electric cars and uh, electric cars are popping up. But the problem is many local infrastructures, especially, for example, in the summertime when there's air conditioners going also, it's a real problem. But the bigger problem is where do these lithium uh, phosphate batteries come from? And uh, when you trace it back, they all come from China and the supply chain comes from China. And that's a big concern because uh, if we ever had a conflict or anything, there's an issue with supply chain. And the other issue is, is supply chain and pharmaceuticals. There's 170,000 new cases of syphilis, which is a sexually transmitted disease in the United States. And we have a shortage now of an important antibiotic called bicillin, which treats resistant cases of syphilis. But guess where a lot of the components to make that antibiotic come from? and the same place where the lithium uh, phosphate batteries are coming from. So we really need to address this as an urgent supply chain issue. And there's also everybody's pushing to get these battery banks in. The problem is who's going to recycle them? And the recycling process has not really been perfected. And as we talked about last week, sometimes our technology is ahead of our biology. And uh, where are these these batteries, even when they catch fire, you have to submerse them in water. And you have these landfills now with all these used uh, lithium iron batteries sitting. And then these lithium phosphate batteries that they're proposing to put in places in various local communities, some not too far from residential areas, they only last anywhere from two years to 10 years. And they basically can only be charged and discharged about 3,000 times which is really not a lot. But the other thing is that there's tons of water necessary to mine all these various compounds to make these uh, batteries and electric cars. And nobody talks about the intense environmental impact of all that water being vacuumed out of the earth in order to feed the need for uh, the electric car market. And the uh, we really don't have the energy or the grid in an emergency and then the other thing we found out, they don't do well in salt water, as we saw in hurricane situations. So basically, I'm just putting out the warning on WABC so everyone can know that this is a national security issue. Our supply chain issue is a national security issue. And we really need to start making all our pharmaceuticals in the United States, all our vaccines here in the United States. Because if there's ever a conflict, we're going to be left with shortages. And for the first time, people are going to pharmacies and finding out that they don't have access to certain medication and there are shortages. That, that is a smart thing to do because uh, uh, we can't put all, there used to be an old proverb, you can't put all the eggs in one basket. Yeah, absolutely. We need to have a priority portfolio, and not a priority portfolio dysfunction. Our priority needs to be our national security, our supply chain, and our uh, oil and energy, because if we have a war, guess what? Electric tanks aren't going to cut it. And that's how we uh, won World War II. That's how we were able to win World War I, because we had the energy and the others didn't. 
And the other thing is we also had the ability, we need that energy to grow our food and to farm. And one of the reasons we even won the American Revolutionary War that nobody talks about is because we had a good supply chain of food and we were able to feed our troops. The British did not have extended supply chains. And the same thing with many of the wars. We were a breadbasket and we were able to have food. And without energy, we don't have food. And as you know, being in the grocery business, you need trucks to deliver everything. And when oil prices shoot up, food goes up and it just goes down the chain, including shipping things around the world. So uh, energy independence is important for national security. Our supply chain, our rare earth minerals are all part of our national security. Dr. Peter Mihalos, thank you so much for bringing the American people up to date, and we'll catch up with you again real soon. Thanks for always getting the truth out on the Cats Roundtable. We're back. And you know the answer I couldn't get, uh, that um, uh, in, in the harbor when they were trying to put out the fires and that, uh, that, uh, that uh, barge yeah, the with barge, all the cars right. on it, if some of them were electric cars with the lithium batteries, and that's why they had a a hard time putting the, 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 the fire out. Yeah, the fire out, which is. Two, wow. two firemen died. Yeah, Newark, New Jersey. That was so sad. That was Terrible. really sad. No, there are two things that happened. One, that you put out the fire. It's very hard to put the fire out. You put it out and then it spontaneously generates again for a second round. Yes. And the poisons that emanate from these, these electric uh, batteries, from these batteries. And I understand they want to put a battery factory in uh, West Hampton Beach or something. I know. There's a big fight going on and, there right now. There's a big fight going well, on and that there's a meeting tomorrow. And if something goes wrong with that battery factory, it could kill a few thousand people. Really scary. That is really – and they don't know that enough about it, John. Well, that's the point, Rita. They, they're pushing technology that they don't control and they don't and understand. At Saturday morning's breakfast, Judge, we had uh, Rebecca Seabright. Who we gave, who was going after the 5G antennas on Madison Avenue, that's our assembly district. That's right. And now I think they're trying to sneak in those 5G antennas that's like sleeping underneath the Alpine Tower. That's really dangerous. But John, you know, because we've talked about this before on the show, the study in New Hampshire, an independent study in New Hampshire, showed that these towers have to be at least 1,400 feet away. From from population. Well, uh, I said that to her, and we had a sixty people at the breakfast, and uh, she came back and said, uh, "You know, like some ridiculous number." And it's they want to do a it's, study. It's, it's ridiculous. The number they talked about was two hundred. Two hundred. That is no good at all. Well, how He's, about if it's outside your window? That's not exactly. <laughs> right. What happens if a little baby in let's, the infant crib? Let's take a break, and when we come back, we're coming back with Mayor Rudy Giuliani. Great. He's got his hands full with the D.C. Uh, yeah, the D.C. Washington bar. I mean, they're going after Rudy. It's, if he wasn't Donald Trump's friend, they'd never ever go after him. And he's going to give America's his, mayor. And he's going to give his first response here. So you definitely first want to stay breaking tuned. Breaking news, first response. What the heck is going on with the Bar Association in Washington D.C.? Let's take a break, and we're coming back with Rudy Giuliani. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back on Cats and Cosby. And joining us now is the greatest mayor of New York. He's America's mayor. And we are so thrilled to have you here. Also hosts, of course, on WABC. Big hit show here on WABC. The one and only Rudy Giuliani. Uh, Rudy, 
We are thrilled to have you here. And we got to get your reaction, of course, to what's in the news. What the heck is going on uh, with the D.C. bar basically recommending that you be disbarred? What are you what what are you thinking? What are they saying? Well, I mean, the D.C. bar would be worse than a D.C. jury. Think of who they are. They're all the Washington lawyers who make big money lobbying Congress, setting things up with the government. This is probably the group of people that fears and hates Donald Trump the most. Uh, if, you, uh, if, you, if, if we have a deep state, and we surely do, these are the people who have become wealthy as a result of the deep state. So I have to be their second most hated person. Because um, I'll tell you, I know I know a lot of them. I'm, I'm probably you know Donald Donald Trump's best advocate. After all, I took over the I took over the impeachment case when seventy percent of the American people thought that Russian collusion was true, and by the time we got to uh, Congress, it was down to thirty eight percent. And I did that by advocating not only with the special counsel, but literally by ripping Mueller apart in the press. And uh, they don't want me around. They also want to discourage other lawyers from joining us. And what, what the case the case they used here in Philadelphia, the reason why we the complaint had to be changed is the lawyer who was supposed to argue this case was threatened with dismissal from his law firm, and then he received death threats. And I had to argue it, you know, with two days preparation. And the judge who handled the case, who would be the one if, uh, to, to reprimand me if I did something wrong under Rule 11 of the Federal Rules of Civil Procedure, didn't do so. My, ad, my adversaries in the case didn't move for any sanctions or any uh, 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 penalties for my doing anything wrong. And then about three months, about a month later, a political guy wrote a letter to the D.C. bar that has nothing to do with this case. They weren't there. They weren't it's crazy. You, you, you know what, you, you, you know what they say the mistake is? They say that you're a friend of Donald Trump's and we hate Donald Trump, so we're going to hate you, too. Rudy, don't want him to have a lawyer. We're, we're going to call and, you back in 30 seconds on a different line because we got a lot of noise on this line. Yep. Uh, hang up and... Uh, uh, Rich Radabala, why don't you call back uh, Rudy? Perfect. We're going to get him back. By the way, what he was just saying, you guys, where he said that it's all because they don't like him representing Trump. I mean, you know, Judge Weinberg, that's un American to go after well, an attorney. Well, the whole point is that the impact is that chilling right. lawyers from yeah. representing controversial clients, they're garnering all the powers of the establishment bar to repress the ability of a defendant as, a, as he has a right under the Constitution to be defended ably. Just like you said, that is a fundamental right, Pete. Yeah, I mean, I, this is stunning. But I, 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 I view the judge, the damage is not just being done to Rudy, which is bad enough, but it's to intimidate other lawyers. That's exactly. And when we're talking off, you can't get a on defense. the break, what happens is lawyers are afraid to represent they get, controversial people. They get people. thrown out of their law firm. That's exactly what people if are you represent, out or they have to resign. If you represent Rudy Giuliani or represent Donald Trump, the, the 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 law firm will not allow you in the law firm. That's right. 
Yeah, how about the guy, the lead guy on Trump's case right now was basically said, you either represent Trump or you, you know, or, or you say, right, or, right, or, no, right, I mean, you have no I choice. Mean, well, what's, what's going on? So they're getting him on while, while we're doing, but that, that is so to me, Terrible. um, and I use the phrase un American because, and as you understand, uh, Judge Weinberg and Pete, the job of, of fair representation for everybody. That's why you have the ability. That's everybody has the right to defend themselves. That is a fundamental right. And how do you do it? How do you do it? You can't get the best legal talent to represent you. Right. Right. And they're, they're afraid for their futures and for their families that they can't do this and they're going to be harassed by social media and be harassed by other members of the bar. This is an awful situation. But also their clients are afraid of being harassed. Like if, if, if you're in a law firm and you have big companies you represent, those companies will be harassed. Well said, Pete. That's exactly right. In other words, it never ends. By the, it's a blacklist fundamentally, and the left wing always talks about blacklist and how awful it was in Hollywood, and they were right. What about the blacklist of people like this? Yeah, this is terrible. I mean, to me, here we go. We got uh, that. Yep, back. yep, we got Mayor Drew, uh, Rudy Giuliani. Uh, Mayor Giuliani, do me a favor. If you could repeat it, Rudy, what you just said, because it was breaking what up I, a little what before. I, what, I, what, I was, what I was saying is that this uh, a complaint was made a month after the case was argued by someone not involved in the case at all. Usually, if there's a complaint of misconduct, it's made by your adversaries, the lawyers on the other side. Uh, the judge is the one who decides this, the judge who presided over the case. None of them complained about me. None of them asked for sanctions. It's kind of weird, I think Judge uh, Weinberg would agree with this, that somebody wants to disbar you for something your adversaries and the judge didn't find anything wrong with. And all of a sudden, these people who have political issues, uh, that's the guy who wrote it, I mean, they want you disbarred. They, they don't know anything about the case. They completely misstate it. And uh, most of the opinion is just plain incorrect. I mean, I had I had witnesses ready to testify for everything that I said, and the judge cut off the hearing. He would not have a hearing. So, uh, and Ru- I have Rudy? the affidavits, and I gave it to him. Rudy, can you repeat also why you believe they're coming after you, that they're making this recommendation? It was cracking up a little bit before the audio. Well, I think they're doing it very simply uh, to try and discourage lawyers from uh, from uh, uh, representing Trump or anybody involved with Trump. The guy who was indicted with Trump, it took him a month to find a lawyer. Nobody would represent him. In this particular case, one of the reasons there was some confusion in the courtroom for which the judge found nothing wrong was because I had to take over at the last minute because the lawyer who had this case was threatened with dismissal from his law firm. He was threatened. With, he had death threats as well. And I had to take over a case I didn't know anything about. I had to learn it in, in less than 48 hours. So you, you, believe, the, you believe they're coming after you because you were representing Trump. You're an ally of Trump. Is that solely what you believe? There's no doubt about it. Uh, there's nothing. I, I didn't do anything in this case. Is uh, anybody, other is, anybody have any doubt in their mind, Judge Weinberg? No, I, I have no said doubt before. in your mind. No doubt in my mind. They're, they're I, going after Mayor right. Giuliani because he's friends and, with Trump. And it's, and it's a big thing. Uh, absolutely no doubt at all. Rudy's being targeted because, Rita, because of what he's done. I agree. It's un-American. As, an, as a lawyer, I, I believe Trump. that, too. you got a 4-0 from this jury. Well, that's good. A directed Be- verdict. Than, better directed than the verdict for the mayor. Better than the D.C. lawyers, uh, uh, Pete. <laughs> but I, I mean, I expect, I fully expected it, and we are appealing. But I'm not, I'm not exactly uh, sanguine about that either. But I'm going to do it. But I know it's like I'm in a uh, uh, 
I mean, the star chamber. Rudy, uh, to be disbarred uh, at this stage of life, it's wrong. It's not, they, they, they don't have any, ev- they don't have any evidence. The only problem, uh, that uh, they are committing you with is being friends with President Trump. And if I had done this for an Islamic terrorist, yeah, exceptional if I, if representation. I had if I were representing an Islamic terrorist, uh, they would uh, make me the lawyer of the year. Yeah, uh, but, thank but you, you know, but Trump, Trump, Trump can't have a lawyer. Mayor Giuliani, thank lawyer. you so much. And you know what we thank stand you for? In this you station? stay strong, Rudy. Truth, Truth justice, justice, and the American way. way. God bless America.